get a lot of viewers, but the viewers we do get have questions. <laughs> Great. Viewer question segment. I wish we had like a, a that's, you know, whatever, forget about it. Why, why are you still doing this? Uh, <laughs> there's four of us listening. Um, I mean, we do it because have, it's great. If you have any questions, feel free to write them somewhere. Uh, that would be where one of you guys. Just oh, you, yeah, DM us. <laughs> you DM send it. Send it to Brian at GleasonPerformance.com or DM Syed with weird things. Yeah, Syed likes stuff. Yeah. Well, well, if we probably this is gonna be on YouTube, so it'll be in the description down below. Yeah, I okay. hated Very that. Fun. I hated that. Um, well, I'll, since I have a list in front of me, I guess I'll read one of them. Um, we'll see how much we can get out of this one. Um, so the question is, what are some common challenges powerlifters face that are unique to powerlifting? Um, something that, you know, maybe doesn't pop up in other sports, uh, but does in powerlifting or in training. Um, and what can we do to improve or avoid, uh, those things? Um, so I'll start since I'm the one that kind of was the reason this question came about. Anyway, um, I had made a comment once. I, you know, we get a lot of not QL um, issues, um, SI issues, depending on who you talk to, what they what they think the issue is. Uh, my wife Jill's an athletic trainer, and she talks about like in her world, like with high school athletes, that's never an issue. Like it's just not a thing. Um, where in powerlifting you'll see it a little bit more frequently uh, to the point where it can be, you know, just maybe a nagging injury for some people. For other people, it can be uh, much worse uh, and can really hinder their training. And some people uh, eventually just give up their training because they're they're dealing with the, that QLSI stuff. Um, I think one of the reasons we see it in powerlifting is, and I think it's a newer thing, um, is that there's so much – Emphasis on bilateral movements, uh, which is obviously what our sport is: um, squat, bench, deadlift. Uh, particularly the squat and bench, and then uh, squat and deadlift, and you know, pause variations, tempo variations. So I think what's happening is again, people that are putting a lot of force uh, in a very similar pattern over and over and over. And by nature, we are not symmetrical. Uh, people like to think that we're symmetrical. We're not. There's a reason why you're either right or left-handed. And you kick a ball with one foot and things like that. Um, so one side's going to be a little bit different. And when you constantly load bilaterally, eventually uh, something's going to start to break down. Um, so like I said, something like a QL issue. Um, I'm going to kind of go a little off with that one in the realm too of like, you know, we see things where people will have um, like hip flexor pain and they'll think it's from um, their hips being tight. Uh, so, you know, okay, start stretching your hips. Well, the problem is, like, did you test their hips? Do they actually have tight hips? Uh, I've tested a lot of people in the gym to see because a lot of people think they do. And what you find out very quickly is a lot of people don't. Uh, but from squatting all the time, we're pretty quad dominant, and the hip flexors are usually a little, uh, relatively weak in comparison. Um, and you'll see people that just need to work on some hip flexor strength. So uh, that's another one that, because of powerlifting, kind of pops up. Um, you'll see more things like where – um, people, it's starting to become a little more thing where you'll see more like sloped shoulders down instead of where like you'll see, you know, you think of like the computer guy, like all like this. Uh, as poppers, we're taught so much to be retracting to press your shoulder blades that it gets to a point where you're kind of like that all the time. 
um, and you're overextended, so your abs are, are kind of uh, on stretch and your thoracic uh, cage, uh, rib cage is extended up and your shoulder blades are tucked back and down and you're just kind of in this weird like puffed out stance um, that might be good performance wise but looks ridiculous and eventually starts to aggravate your low back, um, can have problems on your neck and shoulders. Um, another one is that um, because of benching is primarily for a lot of people is a lot of front delt instead of pec, uh, you'll start to see their shoulders get really developed, uh, but they won't hit the upper back as much as they need to, and you'll start to see more shoulder issues. Um, a lot of times, um, supraspinatus uh, rotator cuff becomes uh, weak in comparison because uh, everything we're doing is internally rotating. Um, so that external rotator is pretty weak, and if that's the case, then you start to get shoulder pain. Um, so those are a few... I could go more, but at least, at least that'll get us started here. Um, that are pretty common apothers that are less common in sports. Um, when I was playing baseball, I don't remember these things like being an issue ever. Um, you know, we obviously we had shoulders for other reasons, but low back wasn't really an issue. Um, hip flexors, I don't remember ever being an issue up until recently. Um, and QL, I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, like, you know, no one thought about it. It was just like, you just talk about your back. Um, so I guess like, you know, those are specific to powerlifting, um, how we'd go about changing that, improving it and everything. And I feel like neither of you are going to talk right now. So like, do you want to speak up or do no, you I'll, I'll, I'll take it in a different direction. I think, <laughs> uh, I guess I would say like, uh, something that's different than a lot of team sports is, is like a sense of like identity and, and kind of just any individual sport and how it can contrast to a team sport. Um, and just how people kind of like, I don't know, promote their sport and what they do and how they react and who they fall back on and everything. I think probably is a weird sport. Um, I was having a question at the end of the day about how like it's the only sport where people are constantly posting like training constantly and i had this conversation with her about i don't know what that is certain people like want to feel more of a part of a team or have more feedback or have um even just like a log and that's such a foreign thing to other sports that's not like if you were to say in, in like if a basketball player was constantly posting like their free throw practice like that would be weird it's just like, like a, the way that people uh, go about this sport and how they feel. And I guess really in any individual sport is so much different than, than team sports in particular. I feel like in general, uh, one of the weird things about powerlifting is that we train by doing the sport itself, right? Like where the powerlifting is a sport based on exercise. Hmm. So, like, when you're doing, uh, you know, when you play any other team sport or any other sport in general, um, you have, like, training days, you have drill days, you have practice days, where you're varying sort of, you know, being in the gym, conditioning, actual, you know, in, like, sort of uh, simulation of uh, what a game would be like, game situations, and you get that variation. Powerlifting does not have that. It's essentially... We're gonna, or you know, the philosophy really nowadays is 
squat bench dead, a variation of squat bench dead, and then heavy squat bench dead. Like that's sort of, you just keep doing that over and over again because that's essentially the sport. Um, so, you know, you never get that break. Like when, you know, when I did track, it was like we would have, you know, days where we throw discus or days we would throw javelin, days we would throw shot, like we were at a competition, but we'd also have conditioning days where we'd run hills or um, strength days where we'd be going from, you know, our warm up on the track straight into the weight room to get stronger. And those variations, I think, made us better athletes at those, at that sport versus like in powerlifting, you just like you go in and just do your sport. And that's weird. That's something, yeah, that's weird. That's like, fucking weird. That's weird. Like, that's the only way to describe it. I, I mean, I think that's actually like you guys took it in a very different route than what I was thinking. Um, and I think that was, but that I think actually I like the way that you took both took it. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense. Is like, you know, for baseball, when I was coaching, we would go in, we would do a general team warm up, we would start to throw. We would do infield, outfield practice every day. So, you know, taking fly balls, taking ground balls, uh, figuring out, you know, where's, where do we, where we move into the next base, uh, where, you know, where are we throwing to? Then we'd break up into pitchers and catchers. They would do their, their work off the side. Um, the infielders would stay and work on more specific drills that the outfielders would go hit. And then we'd rotate, you know, and we'd do all those things. So, like, they were getting their individual things in as we went. And then we would, do um situational practice at the end of every practice where we would pretend it was a game um i would have everyone on the field i'd have people running um and then i would hit and you know if a team had an error then i would punish them by hitting the ball more um you know and if they made the plays then we'd kind of keep moving um and then on and that was all to lead up to the game um that's a really good way of putting it so like we weren't just playing a game every day to get better we broke down into specific things to get better and then as practice went on we got a little bit more and more and more like the game but we never went to a full-on like scrimmage uh that was for game day um now powerlifting has that to a point um i think some people do it less than others uh we do it a lot in the fact that like you know we're doing a lot of other movements we're doing a lot of other kind of training um i try to look at it as like you know, you're a person first, you're an athlete second, you're a part of the third. Um, so we want to make sure that you're moving well as a person and you're as athletic as you can be before we just worry about how much weight you can move for one rep. Um, you know, like Jim Wendler used to always talk about, and this is why I love 531, was that when he was at the peak of his power thing, he could squat a thousand pounds, but walking up to the bar took him, made him get be out of breath. Um, so when he was done, he's like, I don't want to do this. And that's when he, you know, dropped like 45 pounds and started doing the prowler and started getting in shape. And now, you know, maybe he can't squat a grand anymore, but he's still super strong. He can move a lot more. He can do things that he couldn't do anymore. Um, so I think that's very important. Um, like you just said, like try to make sure that you're getting, being more well-rounded. Um, you know, none of us are really making any money from this. So getting stronger is cool. Lifting max weight is cool, but there's other things involved with it um, that will also make you better in the long run. Um, and maybe, and hopefully make you last longer too. Um, as for what Brian said, like with the, the team aspect, like you're right. It's a little bit weird. Cause like I always play team sports, um, basketball and baseball where, you know, in baseball is a little bit different cause I was a pitcher. So like I kind of, it revolved around me, what I did. Um, but I still couldn't win a game without 
the other eight guys. Yeah. Um, base uh, powerlifting, it's it's you against you first and foremost. Uh, can you beat your your previous numbers? And if you can, then maybe you can beat some other people too. Um, I hate the the thought of you know people like oh well let me go I can go and have a, an off day and maybe just take easy numbers to win because they they want to make sure they get that gold medal at a local meet when I would rather you have a squat bench deadlift and total PR and come in fourth place and not get a medal but that way you improved um, it's it's weird you know baseball it, if I can, if I lose the game I lose the game. It's, the, it's that simple. Like, if I had a better outing as a pitcher, but we lost, we lost. It didn't really matter. But in powerlifting, you can lose and still be better. Um, or, uh, you know, depending on the day, you can win and be worse. Is there so any other sport in the, or that, that's, that – it always blows my mind, too, and explain to people, like, is there any other sport where the scenario of showing up and you're the only person so you win by default – like maybe unless if you're wrestling and your partner doesn't show up, like right, right. there's not many scenarios when that happens too. It's such a, it's such a weird thing. I guess the sport is still so new compared to others, but it's like, there's so many weird scenarios where like, right. you would and even then like, with like wrestling and with, uh, I know at least with track, um, you you're, you might win your division if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. But those wins are calculated or put into a calculation about, the overall team's performance and right, then that right. team wins. Right. You know, that's something that's happening now in powerlifting when you can register as a team, right? But it's it's still one of those things where, you know, the person in first place is, you know, the winner of that division. You know, that's, they don't necessarily need to have a team. The team aspect that I think is getting introduced in powerlifting is more a novelty thing right now than an actual like aspect of the sport. Well, I mean, it happens at, at the international level, but like, and it, and it could happen with like, uh, I think in some like university copy, you can like with a college team and everything, but is there a way for that to be introduced at more of a, a local level where that and, actually matters? Right. So at a local level, I don't think you can do that because you're just not getting enough people with, um, that are also together on the same team. Um, it's an interesting thing. I think usually at local meet, your goal should be first and foremost is to PR. Uh, get better. That's it. Uh, as you start moving up the ranks, um, you know, start going to state championship meets and then regional meets and national meets. Um, eventually the goal will be to win. And it's actually, you know, against what I just said, like at some point it's more important to win than to PR. Um, Kim Walford used to train with us and, you know, Kim won raw worlds 11 million times. Um, and the thing with Kim was like, she could go and try to break all the world records because she's that good. Um, but if she had an off day and, and screwed up and she came in second, was any of that worth it? If she pulled a massive deadlift PR to, you know, to break her own world record, but came in second, was it worth it? So, you know, it was make sure she got the win first. Uh, once she got the win, which again, was the world championships. So that's a little bit more important. Then she could go for that PR, which for her, a PR meant a world record. Um, you know, if you're at a local meet, don't worry about, pulling five kilos less than you are capable of because you want to come in first place in the team three 74 kilo division. Um, go for the pull. Um, it's all, it's good because it's, it, now you're going for that PR, you're pushing yourself. You're also teaching yourself how to perform at a high level in a stressful situation. But you know, it's going to be an easy lift. It's not that big a deal. 
Um, but how can you perform if you have to make that pull? Um, what I did to Stephanie Scoville at Raw Nationals last year was I lied to her and she went up for her third deadlift and I said, you need this pull for fourth place. Um, and I was like, you need this pull. It was a lie. She already had fourth place. Um, she, if she missed it, she still would have had fourth place. But I wanted her to get that pull for a thousand pound total. Um, and it was literally the hardest pull that I've seen her uh, complete. So that was the, the, you know, it was show that she was able to do it. And that's what we wanted. Um, so you're right. That's, it's a very different mindset of like, how do you push yourself that hard when you might be the only person in your class? Um, so like you're automatically going to get gold, um, you know, but you still want to push. Um, I hate when people go nine for nine and it was just like every lift was easy. Uh, you know, the, the phrase I use all the time is that if a fly shit on the bar, you would have missed. Like, that's what I want. I want that lift to be that hard that your third attempt is like, wow, that was a good lift. That was a PR. But if anything happened, it would have, would have been a miss. Um, so yeah, it's a very, it's a very different mindset and like bringing up the international with the teams, uh, after coaching at, uh, sub junior junior worlds this year, it is a very different thing. Um, because it's weird because since you're playing for team placement and winning, you know, winning junior women's worlds against Russia is like really important. Um, but what's weird about that is that means we might play it a little bit safer for a lifter to make sure that she gets second place instead of going for broke and missing and getting fourth place. So on the individual level, now it's tough because we might say to you, Hey, we need you to guarantee second place right now um, or guarantee third place, even though maybe you can get second place. It's a weird thing because now the individual has to say, can they take that hit and then not do as well as they should have to try to help the team. Right. That's a weird, and that that's a weird line because like that wouldn't happen in baseball. It wouldn't be in baseball. It'd be like, Hey man, I want you to go up and strike out. So the next guy can do well and we can win this game. Like you, if you go up and, if they go up and bunt or like, or something like that, where they, it's like, right. listener that can actually like, so, I mean, you're sacrificing yourself for the good of the team, which is great because it helps you learn the team thing. But in baseball, like at the end of the day, if we won the game, it doesn't matter if I bunted you to third, third base and the next guy drove you in, or if I just drove you in either way, we won the game. Yeah. But in powerful with the team aspect, I said, maybe I need to be smart and guarantee third place instead of missing and coming in fourth place, losing some points and then having the team, the team placing be more difficult. Now, luckily we didn't have to deal with that this year. Um, because that like, no, no person's going to want to say, no, I, I want to come in a lesser place to help the team because their thought is, no, I'm going to do well. I'm going to come in a higher place and help the team more. Um, but you have, you know, as a coach, you have to play the negative scenario and be like, okay, what would go wrong? And that's, that's difficult. So you're right. Those are two very, very different things about uh, power thing. And then I would use weightlifting in that example as well compared to most sports. Um, that just isn't a thing. Um, how long, what do we got for time? We're at 19 minutes. We're good. We got I'm going to try to loop back a little bit and then we'll just so I can finish what I started and then we can keep going if we want. So I mentioned some of the issues of like the physical issues, even though, like I said, I'm actually way more interested in what you guys were brought up, but I think at least I should answer the physical issues since I talked about them. Um, going back to that, like person athlete powerful thing. I think if we train more like athletes, I know this is a very general answer. Um, you'll, some of those issues will go away. 
you won't see as many QLSUs if you do more single leg work um, you, and, and do more core work. And you won't see much, as much hip flexor work if you maybe back off on squats a little bit and work on some more single joint movements and actually do like some hip flexion holds or um, psoas lifts, things like that. Um, maybe, you know, doing a little bit of rotator cuff work instead of skipping the warm up. you know, do a little bit of rotator cuff work to warm up your shoulders before you bench. And then maybe do a little bit after just to kind of strengthen the rotator cuff will help you with that. Um, the slope shoulders, like it's okay to do some shrugs. Um, I know it doesn't help your dead, like it doesn't directly look like a deadlift because it's, you know, in deadlift, you want to be as down as possible to, to lengthen your arms, but your traps are going to help, um, extend your spine at the top. So if you're having trouble locking it out, shrugs will actually help and will probably make your shoulders feel a little bit better because you won't be so sloped. Um, so those are just super simple, quick things. Um, that would offset the physical things that I was talking about. Um, don't train just squat bench dead. Um, I think that's, that's a good way for physical injuries. Um, and that's how some of these things that I brought up going to have to go. And I think to take that to, to bring those into what you guys were bringing up, just doing squat bench dead. And this is something I bring up all the time. Um, what's weird about our sport is it becomes boring. It's fucking boring. Um, and for the people out there that can do SBD days every time and be, and be great about it, that's awesome. Um, and I think what happens, a lot of people think they can, um, and they do that. And then what happens is on when they've been doing it for a long time, it starts to become more of an issue. Um, I make sure that we get a lot of systems working. I want to look like we lift. I want to feel like you lift. Um, I want you to be healthy and move well and still be strong, um, and not be bored. Um, if you're bored with the sport after a year and you quit, and this was a waste, I was a terrible coach. If you quit the sport because you were bored. Um, and I hear this from a lot of people. I'm bored because all they do is squat bench dead, tempo squat bench dead, pause squat bench dead, you know, do some other things. This should be fun. You're doing this like for enjoyment. Um, and that's rare in other sports because in other sports, like you're with your teammates, you're out there doing different things, so you've got more things going on. So it's less likely to be boring. Every game is going to be very different. Yeah. Um, local meets are not always that different. Um, how often, you know, you guys have competed, like, is it come down to the last poll for you to win a meet or for placement? Uh, not to be mean to either of you, but I don't think it's happened for either of you. Nope. You know, um, it's only happened, like, I, you know, I coach a ton of people. It's only happened a few times, and that makes it a little bit more interesting. But, yeah, the sport, this is – a sport that can be boring. And uh, one of our members, Juan, is uh, dealing with a little bit right now where, not to throw Juan under the bus right here, but like um, with the shutdown, uh, he brought some of my equipment. So he's got a rack at his house. And he said to me, like, motivation's kind of like at an all time low because he's not with a group of people. He's doing, you know, he's just got to go out there and do the squat bench dead because he doesn't have as much equipment available to him. He basically just has an ER rack and a bar. Um, so he's limited on the choices he can do compared to the gym. And he said, motivation is low. And I said to him the other day, I'm like, it, it's not about motivation. It's about discipline. It's about going out there and doing it. Um, when you don't want to still do it. Um, motivation is waning. It'll go up and down. Discipline going out there and doing it every day is going to be more important. Um, but like find a team that you can enjoy being with. It'll make, it'll make that discipline feel a lot easier. Um, it won't feel as boring. Um, Brian, I know like when you were doing like, you had some people come in for the training days and just like, Hey guys, we're going to, you know, bench together. 
Um, you know, it doesn't happen as much anymore because so many people are on their own program, but that's how we used to train all the time. It was just everyone came to the gym and we were all doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's sort of yeah. making its resurgence when with equipped uh, lifters that were kind of coming. Yeah. You know, that, you know, as someone, it's like you just walk in, you see someone putting on a shirt, and you're all like, hey, why not? I'll put on a shirt too. And the yeah. next thing you know, you're all working together. It's, um, I, I would never do that by myself. I, like, you know, but it's, that sort of you know intrigue that you see other people do it then you get interested in it and you're all like yeah yeah i ask you like hey can i try it you're like yeah sure why not and that sort of just that synergy of being with a group of people just makes it easier to be more disciplined in like achieving a goal it's because the common collective is kind of building your own identity right um you kind of feel better with it we inherently are social individuals so being in a, in a place that makes us feel comfortable will allow us to achieve like our goals easier and right now we're just sort of like we, everyone has at-home gyms and like we're all like struggling to like get out there and like it's literally like 10 feet away and like oh, okay i guess i'll go work out well it's, it's like, like that circling back to like that's the whole thing when i was talking about like identity is like there's been so many times where I don't want to go in and train, but I like going to the gym. It's part of what I do. And it's not just to like get lifting. And sometimes I, I go in for a workout and I just talk for fucking eight hours, but like, it's still part of what it is. And it's, yes, you need, like, I've been, I mean, from training on my own a lot lately, like it, it's a lot of it's just discipline and it's like, Sometimes it's not as fun and it's, it's, but like, because I'm going to the gym and because it's our place and our team that makes it like, we're an advantage here. And I think going back to the point where like so many people uh, like are, are, which is great posting and looking for feedback and, and, and looking for, you know, just some conversation about it. Um, we're lucky enough where we have a ton of people with us and train with us and help us. But like, it's not always that case and that's it's gets weird and interesting with powerlifting how like the social aspect affects it so much i think that's why i mean this might be a hot take you know hopefully you get a graphic science hot take um i feel like that's why uh crossfit's so popular it's it they, they specialize in group classes so when you go and work out you're working out socially right versus when you kind of get a gym membership at any sort of uh mass chain gym you have to try to go there and figure it out yourself and that's not as exciting because you're sort of just by yourself on your own no one wants to be the loner right but if you go to a crossfit class you might not be great and they may not be focusing on building proper technique as much as they're all like we just want to get your heart rate up mm -hmm. right um it's more fun because you're with people it's hard you're all struggling together and nothing says friendship like you know group trauma <laughs> <laughs> well i mean like I, and that's something that is important to me is having like the idea of team gpt like we are a team uh, you know i think about how many people say that you know they want to do the may meet every year because the may meet is it's the first me I ever ran five or six years ago. And, you know, someone like Brian's been in it literally every year we've done it. And what's cool about it is, I mean, the first year, Brian, you had like just kind of started training with us a little bit. 
I don't even think I was at the gym. I, I went to like a seminar and Carl was yeah. because it was mutual friends that we all, but still like, I was still with, I warmed up with Bucks and Corso and, and yeah. it was like, it was part of it. And there was like four or five, like maybe like four or five of like current, like people that are still training with us now that competed. Um, I think more than that. Yeah, like, about that. Yeah. But like, you know, in last year's, I think we had like 37 people compete at that meet. Um, you know, that's pretty cool. Like that's the team aspect. And that's like where, you know, we take a team GPT picture at the end of it. And we have to find room on the platform because there's so many people involved. Like that's, that makes the discipline, like I said, easier. It brings up the motivation. Um, Cause you want to go and see people and you want to be social, but you also want to like, you're going to help people out too. You're going to lift, you're going to help them. You're, they're going to help you. It's a little bit more than just going in your garage and lifting. And I know a lot of you right now are, as long as we post this soon, um, are lifting in your garage by yourself. Um, and some of you do all the time. Um, and some of you prefer that. Uh, some of you, you know, don't want to deal with other people. Um, but it's still, I tell people like, now, when this shutdown happened, I said, be careful about buying home equipment because it gets tough. Uh, when you've got all that equipment right there, it's hard to sometimes get yourself to go outside and do it. Um, so don't spend tons and tons of money on everything in, in the world. Be smart about it and then see what you can buy. And then because like the shutdown's going to end and we're going to reopen. Um, and everyone will be back. It, like it's don't go crazy. Cause it's, it's going to be one of the hard things about it. Like I said, like, it's not like a team sport, you know, you know, when you're training by yourself, you're by yourself. Um, you know, Brian, you said the other day, like, you, you know, you took an easy 500 squat but you didn't have a spotter. So like you weren't going to push it that much harder. Yeah. Um, we're at the gym. We would have been like, no, you need to go up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I get it when you're home. I said, I wanted you to feel, you know, get, a, get a weight that you felt comfortable with by yourself knowing around on a rack that, you know, isn't necessarily meant for people squatting huge, huge weights compared to what we have at the gym, but it handled it fine. You handled it fine. It's, so now we know, now we can work from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit like that's that's definitely a tough one. Um, again, the physical stuff. I think having the team part, like having uh, Sophie and Lauren and Cookie soon to be able to do like BT work, and having Jill as an ATC like to be able to do like some corrective stuff to offset some of those things that maybe get jacked up from doing this kind of sport. Um, and that you know that's super helpful. Um, you know this kind of came way off from where I thought it was going to go, um, at least from where the question started. But I think this was a way better topic, at least for the time frame that we're in right now, than oh. talking about little weird exercise things. No, we got both, so we're good. Yeah. So, well done, fellas. I think we did great. Thank you for listening to the Team GPT Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at TeamGPT. For any questions about the gym, go to GleasonPerformance.com. And for any questions regarding the podcast, email Brian at GleasonPerformance.com.